15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. It's powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. As your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Dove Valley shorted us today. We all expected Mm. to hear uh, from John Elway his annual pre-draft press conference, but last-minute change. The news came out about an hour to an hour and a half before he was set to go uh, onto the podium that it was canceled and rescheduled for Tuesday. What do you think's cooking there? I don't know. Supposedly, you know, people speculated that it could be he's involving a draft day trade or maybe Chris Harris Jr. negotiations, but I've heard nothing. It's been all quiet on that front. Uh, it, it was billed as a scheduling issue, supposedly. I don't know what went on, but uh, he's going to tell us nothing tomorrow anyway, so it's going to be fairly anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, today we are uh, – we'll, we'll analyze it a little bit more. Today what we're going to do, since we got shorted on Elway, we were going to break it down, share our takeaways on his – pre-draft press conference, whatever there might have been there to glean. We're going to go through that with you here today, but we're going to have to save that for a podcast later on down the road this week. What we're going to do instead is a we're going to answer questions in a rare Twitter version of the Mile High Mailbag. Plus, we'll talk about a couple of the signings the Broncos made on Monday. But first, a couple of quick matters of business. You guys make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Super easy to do. I also want to draw your attention to the fact that currently, you can get your first month of Mile High Huddle VIP at a fraction of the cost for a buck. All right. Also, if you wanted to go annual, you can get an annual subscription right now, all 12 months, for 30% off. So go to the website, check that out. Just look for the green banner. Easy to do. And then a reminder, we are giving away a Mile High Huddle hat with your Denver Broncos orange and blue colors to the best review on iTunes, the most creative review, whichever one jumps out to Zach and I the best. We're going to give that away and announce it on Saturday. So if you listen to the podcast on iTunes and you have not yet left a creative review and rated the show, take some time and go get that done. Super easy to do. It can be as short as one or two sentences. Give us that five-star rating. We're going to give you some free swag to the, uh, the winner, the best one at the end of this week. As you know, we are trying to get to the 200 mark on our reviews on iTunes. We're really trying to push in terms of our call to action. We're going with the carrot instead of the stick, right? We want to motivate you guys, incentivize you guys to get on there and support the cause. So take a look at that if you have yet to leave your creative review. And for those of you who are going, hey, but, you know, I left my review a month ago, man. We're going to consider them all. All right, so everyone who's left a review on iTunes up to this point, you're all in the game. If you haven't yet, though, you want to be in on that pool, take some time and get that done. Nobody builds 5G 
like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right, Zach. So before we get to the mailbag today, let's talk about really what I want to talk about is the fact that the Denver Broncos chose to re-sign Billy Wynn. What was your immediate gut reaction to that? It was fairly random. I wondered what Jared Crick was up to from that 2016 team with Gary Kubiak. The next year, he was a serviceable player, but the next year he tore his ACL. He had some significant damage to his MCL and other ligaments there. And I guess they watched some film and they decided to bring him back. Uh, It's sort of setting up that that triumvirate at nose tackle uh, with him, with Zach Kerr, and also Shelby Harris. So it's a fairly random signing to me, Chad. Whatever, I mean, obviously statistically you don't see a whole lot jump out from three, four defensive linemen. I mean, they're never going to be the guys unless you're, you know, the L.A. Rams defensive line. Those guys are never going to be the the dudes racking up the stats, okay? In a three, four defense, traditionally, that's going to be your edge rushers, and that's going to be your off-ball linebackers running around making tackles. Three, four defensive linemen, they're there in most cases to disrupt, sometimes to consume blocks, but it's the other guys who are cleaning up you know, and, and kind of reaping the benefits of what guys like Billy win. So, but for whatever reason, even though the stats aren't there, the Denver Broncos have always really liked Billy Wynn. And so obviously it was a, it was a, a bummer that he had that ACL injury in the preseason back in 2017. And for whatever reason too, Zach, it's taken him, maybe it's due to his size. I don't know, an inordinate amount of time to recover from that Obviously, the Broncos, he passed the sniff test. You know, he come in probably for a physical. Everything looked good. What this says to me, Zach, is that they're not yet comfortable with their depth on the D-line. And for those who were maybe holding out hope that Domitapeko could be coming back to Denver, this might have kiboshed it, Zach. That was my very next point, Chad. This says everything you need to know about the Broncos' disinterest in bringing back Pecco. Uh, He's a free agent, still a free agent. I thought he was a good player for them, good locker room presence. But apparently John Elway, Matt Russell, or Vic Fangio, someone in the building saw something they didn't like or saw something they can be improved on. I don't know that the combination of Billy Wynn and Zach Kerr is better than Domita Pecco to me. But obviously Vic Fangio has an idea, and we're going to talk about in a second here. The Broncos brought even more defensive line depth in, so um, Fangio definitely has a, a plan up his sleeve here for sure. I wouldn't completely rule out Pecco quite yet because even though a guy like Billy Wynn may have passed his physical enough to earn a deal from the Broncos, until they get out into training camp, uh, training camp and start banging, and get into the preseason and see how he looks in competition. I mean, he's been out of football for a while now, you know, a couple of years. And so you got to see if he's A, in football shape, and B, 
you know, it's not just a matter of being in football shape, Zach. I mean, you got to be in shape. Your conditioning's got to be there, but then you still have to have not lost a step, so to speak, right? You still have to have can prove that you can hang with uh, with the rest of your competition. So it'll be interesting to see. I wouldn't quite rule out Pecco. Let me put it this way, Zach. It wouldn't stun me if on the doorstep of the season, you know, middle of July, maybe even all the way up to halfway through August, someone goes down or the Broncos coaching staff, they're not loving what they're seeing in their depth up front. They place a call to Domita Pecco, who still lives in Denver. Yeah, I just think they already brought in two veteran defensive linemen, and I think the next one, if it comes, will be through the draft. And then at that point, they're going to have no need. I I agree with your premise, though. I think Wynn ultimately won't make the final roster. And if an injury to Harris arises, you know, maybe Pecco can come back. But as of right now, it's it's very, very, very unlikely. Now, what Zach alluded to in terms of the other additions, the Broncos made a few roster moves on Monday, uh, fortifying the trenches. Along with Billy Wynn, the Broncos announced the signing of defensive lineman Mike Purcell and an offensive lineman, Jake Rogers. Now, both of these guys participated in the team's minicamp tryout last week, along with the cornerback, Trey Johnson, and the center, Jake Brendel, former Miami Dolphin, who the team also signed. What was your reaction to these moves, Zach? Uh, I, I like the fact the Broncos are, are, you know, building up the trenches like I wrote in that article. And about Purcell, which is interesting, he has experience, but he's also he knows Vic Fangio from their time in San Francisco. So uh, it, it to me, it screams. That's why I wanted to say about Pecco. They brought this guy in. They have Shelby Harris. They re-signed Zach Kerr. They have a win. I mean, I think they're good now at nose tackle. This guy's a pure run stuffer. So unless there's a, an injury, I, I don't see any way Pecco comes back. In terms of the lineman, I, I don't know much about him, but uh, they need some competition right there you know with uh garcia turner and paradise all leaving uh, it can't hurt with mike munchak so i like these signings now purcell marks now the second former aaf player the broncos have signed that's right they took the cornerback uh Devontae bosby signed him the leader in the aaf in interceptions and now they're bringing in purcell who played for the salt lake city stallions so not only is there the connection with fangio but he's also a big fella who has played at altitude in a very recent, you know, time frame. The Broncos got to analyze his his ability and his production while playing at altitude for half of the games as a Salt Lake City Stallion. So Salt Lake City, for those of you who are maybe not from the Rocky Mountain region, Salt Lake City is not quite as high in elevation as Denver. You know, obviously the mile high city, it's a mile high above sea level. Salt Lake's about a thousand feet below that, roughly, but still in terms of most climbs, environments in which football is played around the country. It's one of the highest other elevated cities in which teams like the Broncos can go in and analyze players and evaluate them, see how they do in thinner air, which is why you see so many players the Broncos have drafted from the University of Utah. So that's another connection that kind of occurred to me as well. And what's funny about it is I believe at the Combine, Elway told us that he hasn't even watched the AAF or, or kept up with it. And he signed two players from there. So it's just another instance of a draft season lie, Chad. Yeah. Well, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, on the spot, Elway was telling the truth that he hadn't spent any time watching it, but his scouts were obviously, right? He just completely just dismissed it, though. It seemed like he just didn't care about it at all, you know? Well, he's also one of the old guard, kind of. You know, he's on the competition committee. The AAF was, you know, I think the NFL was not quite sure what to make of that. 
but obviously they're reaping the rewards of what the, the AAF put into into play with these players and what could have been we'll never know probably with the AAF I thought there was some promise there in terms of if the NFL would have found a way to partner with them somehow as some kind of a spring league a developmental league that obviously it, it pays it's already paid dividends for the NFL and the players that have emerged from those additional looks and opportunities in a competitive environment and games that count under NFL caliber coaching against, you know, they might be fringe practice squad, you know, the 53rd guy on the roster level talent in the AAF, but those guys have value. And sometimes those are the type of guys like your CJ Anderson's and your Chris Harris's who over a, you know, two to three year period go from being that 53rd guy on the roster to pro bowl calibers that, yeah, I'm with you. I like the idea of an NFL minor league, but I feel like the NFL looked at it very territorially and combatively, and they didn't embrace it. I happen to think, though, the Broncos got a pretty good player in Bosby, though, so it's good that they're turning over every rock with all these new leagues. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what comes of Purcell. I'm not too familiar with the offensive lineman they signed, so I don't want to steer you wrong in that sense. But let's uh, transition here to the Mile High Mailbag Twitter style and take some of your questions, whatever's burning on your mind, because... As you know, Zach and I are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions, and sometimes you got to exercise those demons, and we're here to offer you the ability to do that. Now, our first question on the evening comes from Jacob, at BroncoGuy781 on Twitter. Jacob says, what day two corners are a good fit for us? You know, Zach, there's a few guys that jump out, but... I really like Rock Yassin. Yep. is an interesting player to me. There are a few other ones uh, that I've kind of gotten accustomed to, learned about, scouted a little bit, but it's mostly piggybacking on the work that Eric Trickle has done with his Finding Broncos series. He's done a great job just turning over every rock, trying to find the, you know, he's kind of focusing mainly on the top 100 prospects, but he leaves no stone unturned. And he's posted many articles that go into late round, day two, day three caliber prospects to, so that Broncos country can get wise to the class as well, which I think the really hardcore fans, which is mostly the people also listening to this podcast, really appreciate. But another one is Joan Williams, from corner, uh, a cornerback from Vanderbilt. So those are the two guys that mainly jump out to me, Zach. Do you got anyone on your mind that might fit? fit the, there's that other kid from Penn State that I'll butcher his name. I'll come up with it. But anyone that jumps uh, out to you? Amani. Yes. Yeah, I can't Imani pronounce his last name either. Um, I'm with you in the sense that I haven't really scouted corners too heavy because I feel the Broncos aren't going to devote day one or day two resources. I'm with you on Yassin also. I believe he's among the better corners in this class, right up there with DeAndre, DeAndre Baker and Byron Murphy. A day two guy in the at 41 who might fall is Greedy Williams. If the stars align, if that happens, uh, the Broncos have to think long and hard about that. Um, that's a day two guy. I like Julian Love from Notre Dame. That could be a second, third round. But I just don't think Denver will devote another resource after already picking up so many corners that you know already this offseason. Yeah, and one thing that listeners have to keep in mind is and we're not telling you don't send us draft questions we welcome any and all questions and you know we're going to always answer your questions as it relates to the draft but there's a reason why we we have experts on our staff that devote entirely all of their attention towards scouting the draft guys like eric trickle guys like nick kendall carl dumler and even other guys like Alex Valdez, and we recently brought on a new writer in Trevor Judge. You got obviously Lance Sanderson, who's going to be 
in Nashville for the draft as credentialed media, bringing the inside scoop, hopefully a little bit early on what the Broncos do at pick 10 to our VIP subscribers at milehighhuddle.com 24-7 sports. But what I'm getting at is Zach and I rely on those guys to turn over the rocks, all the nooks and crannies on the draft so that we can focus on other aspects ourselves in terms of covering the news, what's happening with the Broncos, covering the current roster, and all of the demands that come with being publishers and lead writers for a website. I mean, the NFL is no longer something that takes, you know, three or four months out of, out of the calendar. It's a year-round thing, and so Zach and I are busy, which is why we really appreciate the guys who go the extra mile, make it their their business basically to scout and study the NFL draft so when in doubt if there's anything we maybe don't address as uh, satisfactorily as it relates to the draft on the podcast go check out those guys written content which you can find all over the place at milehighhuddle.com and also by listening to building the Broncos which I know most of you do all right next question here Zach comes from Justin at C-H-R-I-N-O-S on Twitter Trino's Trinos? I don't know. If we can't get one of the Devons, which two inside linebackers do you want Denver to target? One on day two, one on day three, Zach. Uh, I like Mac Wilson from Alabama. Uh, that would be my uh, pick there. If they don't go for one of the Devons, I think they will ultimately, though. Uh, my gut says we'll end up with Devin Bush at 10 if they stay there. Uh, but Mac Wilson in the second round, I believe, would be a nice consolation prize for Vic Fangio's defense. There are some metrics and analytics that, st- and this is something Thomas Hall's written about, and then he published an article in, or excuse me, a video on uh, on Monday about this. There's plenty of analytics out there that say you want to avoid that that off-ball linebacker is one of those low-value positions in the top 15, really in the first round, but especially the top 15. Now, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, and there's a possibility that one of the Devons is that exception. But the odds tell us that neither one of them are. In other words, you can get a player in, there will be guys drafted in round one. Like last year, look at Roquan Smith. High quality player, right? You can argue he played at a Pro Bowl level. Very, very productive player. But he was outshined by a different rookie drafted way later in Darius Leonard. Okay? And so all that that is trying, and that's just one example. You can go, in most drafts, you can find a guy, an off-ball player who was drafted in the first round or the top 15, who was outshined by another off-ball linebacker later in the draft. It's just one of those type of positions. So would I be crying, you know, if Devin White ended up as the pick or Devin Bush? No, I could absolutely live with it because I do think they're both quality players. But then I would wonder, value-wise, if the Broncos could have gotten someone else there and then taken another linebacker, and to answer your question, like a Jermaine Pratt in round two or round three, or to even dig a little bit deeper, Blake Cashman, the Minnesota linebacker. Now, he struggled with his shoulder injury in college, Zach, but he's a player, depending on who you talk to, I've seen him rated as a top 100 player. I've seen him rated as a second round caliber off-ball linebacker all the way to seventh round and in some cases undrafted because of his injury history. So it's hard to say and project exactly where Cashman's going to fall on draft day, but he's a really interesting and intriguing player and wouldn't shock me at all if he's one of those guys that goes late day two, early day three, that is on the all-rookie team and, you know, pushing for a Pro Bowl as a rookie. A couple other guys to keep an eye on are the Utah Utes duo, Chase Hansen. Now, technically, Chase Hansen played safety for the Utes at the college level, but the pros want him at linebacker. There's him and then Cody Barton, who played off-ball linebacker for the Utes, played at altitude, very productive in college. And uh, those are guys that we got a chance to talk to as well 
at the combine. So hopefully that answers your question, Justin. But Zach, there's so many interesting off-ball linebackers to be had later in this class. Yeah, and let me just preface my comment by saying I believe it'll be Devin Bush if Drew Locke is off the board or if they don't yeah. like Haskins. You know, if that's going to be their non-quarterback option, I got to think Bush at 10 is realistic. Right. Another guy, though, on day three I do like in the draft that could be a sneaky pick because either Fangio's going to take one early or he's going to wait. I don't think it'll be in, in the second or third round. I do like uh, Voshan Joseph from Florida, though. Mm-hmm. I, 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 th- I like him as an intriguing talent. I think yeah. Fangio and Donatello can do well with him. So there is talent to be had. It's a great point you made, Chad. Uh, they might be better suited waiting but those are guys that you mentioned that i mentioned uh there's certainly talent to be had in all these rounds we still have a lot to get to a couple more questions we're going to answer in today's twitter mailbag but first we got to take a quick break you guys we'll be right back this is the overtime podcast network all right next question comes from henny blankenship at bovice on twitter zach it's another late round deep type (laughs) of question in the draft henny says I want to hear your late round day three guys that you'd love to see the Broncos draft. So I would say that some interesting guys to keep an eye on. Uh, there's a few receivers to be had late. And for those of you who, I mean, mo- obviously most of you listening, unless you're a brand new listener to the show, listen to our war room mock round table where all five of us went through all seven rounds. Zach, there were some really interesting receivers to be had late day three from the uh, Deontay Johnson kid that we ended up taking, Penny Hart, uh, Jalen Hurd was there. When you're talking about late round, Zach, I'm looking at either uh, offensive linemen like Zach Bailey, like Bobby Evans that we took, or you're looking at you know a, a late round flyer on a receiver who could turn out to be a weapon. Or I'm looking at a tight end also, because yes. it seems like every mock draft that we've done, Chad, we get a tight end in the fourth, fifth round, and there's definitely talent there. Josh Oliver, uh, Warren, Caden Smith, uh, Dax Raymond, if they look in those rounds, they can find a nice tight end. I know, Chad, you're high on Oliver, I'm high on Oliver. The, the collective mile-high staff is mile-high staff, and uh, he'd be a great pick there. So if they wait until those rounds, i love a tight end. Also, another guy, I feel they're going to wait for an edge rusher, but Justin Holland from Oregon, love his game. I would love his uh, placement in a Fangio defense. But I believe in those middle rounds, you mentioned uh, receiver or lineman, I think tight end, they're going to address offense. Yeah. Also, Jalen Jokes, who played with Hollins there at Oregon, right. an edge rusher to keep an eye on. So next question here comes from Dylan Von Arks on Twitter, at ARX underscore D. It's been reported that John Lynch said he'd be open to trading down. Yeah, by us, by Zach. Zach's the <laughs> one right. who actually asked that question, Dylan. <laughs> It's been reported that John Lynch said he'd be open to trading down and specifically threw out that 10 was a good spot. Is there any player worth moving up to number two for, Zach, in your mind? I mean, yeah, he joked with me and said I'd be open to it, but no, the Broncos might be. Uh, But it's got to be a quarterback, either Locke or Haskins or Murray, or maybe Quinn Williams. I don't believe in selling the farm for alignment. To me, it has to be a quarterback. But even then, I don't see any scenario that Elway, as much as he loves his capital, would mortgage the future to move up in this draft class unless he's absolutely blown away by someone. It it would have to be a quarterback. It would have to. I would be upset. Let me put it this way, Dylan. I would be pissed off if John Elway gave up a second, a third, or next year's first round pick or whatever the... You know, the bundle would be, and it would be a pretty penny. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, there's a point scale. The Broncos would have to come up with, I think, just going off the top of my head, something like 1,500 points to jump from 10 to 2 for the, to, for the value to be right. Now, John Lynch might be willing to ease up on that a little bit because of their relationship, and, you know, it's been a very reciprocal type of front office relationship they've had so far. 
but he wouldn't budge too far because there's going to be other teams probably knocking on the door and Colin Lynch looking to possibly move up. So he might offer Elway first rider refusal, but probably not too much of a sweetheart deal in terms of capital. So if you're going to give up future capital and current capital in the draft, it's got to be for a quarterback. And, you know, there's a difference between, for example, Dylan being at 22, sitting at pick 22 in the draft and moving up to 20. You might give up a third round pick or something similar. But to go from 10 to 2, even though that seems like, oh, well, they're both in the top 10, you're giving up a heck of a lot. And really, from a value perspective, the only type of player that is worthy of that type of of investment would be your future franchise quarterback. So I guess the question now, Zach, is do you think there's a player worth it? And that's mm-hmm. really what he's getting at. We can we can spitball what, what you know, if he's they're going to move up, what it has to be. But in your mind, is there a player in this draft? Is there a quarterback in this class worthy of giving up some additional capital to jump from 10 to 2? No, not what it would cost the Broncos. And keep in mind, any trade would cost a majority of their 2020 capital. So uh, say goodbye to trading up for Tua or Justin Herbert next year. It would be this quarterback or, or bust. And there's no generational talent. We know that already. Drew Locke's on it. Elway doesn't like Kyler Murray. I don't believe Dwayne Haskins is the best fit for this offense overall based on what they want to do. So, no. I mean, as good as Quinn Williams is, he's a defensive lineman. And the Broncos are, are okay there. They don't. It's not a screaming need to them like uh, a franchise quarterback would be. So, no. I would not move up. I would even trade back and collect more picks in this draft than yeah. move up. So that's my opinion. That's kind of what the buzz has been, really, these final couple of weeks heading into the draft, is that don't be surprised if the Broncos trade back, you know? Yeah. I mean, what we've heard basically is that that Locke, Drew Locke, is very much on the table at pick 10, but I I don't see Elway packaging a trade to move up. However, I will say this, Zach, if you have identified that Drew Locke is your quarterback of the future, that he fits the scheme, that the talent's there, that he mm-hmm. has the mental acumen and and uh, wherewithal to be a franchise guy, all right, then I don't think that there is a price too steep to pay to get that guy. I mean, just ask the Philadelphia Eagles, ask the L.A. Rams. I mean, sometimes you got to trade up to get your guy. And if that's the case, pay whatever it takes, you know, within reason to move up and get your guy. So – if John Elway believes that Drew Locke is that guy, then he'll move up to guarantee he gets him. But from everything we've heard, Zach, it sounds like it's the type of evaluation where if Locke's there at 10, they'll take him, but they don't want to spend the 10th overall pick plus a second this year and a third and maybe a first next year to get Drew Locke. Exactly. I, I just think you know, he would have to really, really, really fall madly head over heels in love with Drew Locke to say, I want him over getting a shot at Tua, Trevor Lawrence, uh, uh, Herbert. He would have to really fall in love. So I'm right there with you on that logic. If he's there at 10, I think he would be the pick or at least heavily considered. But I don't see LA moving up uh, all those spots and mortgaging the future for a guy that's not even the best, you know, who wouldn't even be the best, the second or third best quarterback in last year's draft. So I don't see Elway doing it at all. All right, last question here comes from our friend Jedi Joshua 58 at Jedi Joshua 58 on Twitter, also available VIP subscriber of the site. Joshua says, guys, I'm of the mind to go get Locke for the quarterback of the future or trade back, stockpile some picks to help get the offensive line on track this season. Munchak will need talent. Your guys' thoughts. 
Uh, great thought. I'm right there with you. I mean, you got to fortify the trenches regardless of Joe Flacco, regardless of your quarterback. And Locke is the best quarterback for the Broncos system in this draft class. So, yeah, either scenario would be fine with that. It would be fine in my book. And I would even prefer trading back. You get more picks. It's a very, very deep class in the second, third, and fourth rounds. The Broncos have needs all over the place. They can set up for the future. They can set up for now. I wouldn't mind at all if they traded back in the first round, Chad. Yeah. I mean, one guy, if it's a trade back at 10... I wouldn't be crying over it too bad, but it's just not great value because centers are not top 10 caliber. But ask the Dallas Cowboys whether or not Travis Frederick would have been worth a top 10 pick, even though they got him late in the first round of the year he came out of Wisconsin. Knowing what he became, even though he's got this, you know, whatever autoimmune thing going on, he missed a lot of last year, if not all of it. Would he have been worth a top 10 pick if they had been sitting at 10? I mean, all pro caliber centers – at 10, I mean, if you knew he's going to be an all-pro, take him. My guy, if the Broncos trade back to 15 to 20, somewhere in there, is Garrett Bradbury, the center from NC State. Mm-hmm. Perfect fit. Scheme fit is there. He's an absolute A, type A personality, and you need that kind of alpha. And you you want to find the next Tommy Nalen that fits the Broncos scheme that can be stuck in the middle of your offensive line for the next 10 years plus. It's Garrett Bradbury. The scheme fit is, I mean, it's like almost too good to be true. He's, he, it's, for me, it would come down to him or Dalton Reisner if the Broncos yep. trade back. And then depending on whether or not Devin Bush is there. But, you know, the analytics from Thomas Hall, it really has swayed me and persuaded me that, you know, unless, well, let me just put it this way. Off-ball linebacker, unless the class is just extremely top-heavy and there's no depth to be had later on, okay, maybe prioritize taking one of the guys if you have a need in the first round. But in a class like this, I would, I'm would i telling you, pass on Devin White. And even if you trade back to 15 or 20, somewhere in there, Zach, I'm saying pass on Devin Bush, fortify your offensive line. It's not sexy. I get that. You know, it's not going to help us in terms of headlines all that much, getting <laughs> traffic. But get Garrett Bradbury, get Dalton Reisner, get Chris Lindstrom, and fortify that offensive line for Mike Munchak and Joe Flacco. I mean, Eric McCoy, you can keep going down the list, Chad. If the Broncos draw from 10 to 20, they could pick up a second or third rounder. You can always package those picks back up and move back in the first round if you want to. Uh, Reisner would be my pick, though. They move back from t- to 20, 21, let's say. Um, the great player, heck of a, a local guy from Colorado would fit this Broncos team as a day one starter. They could always come up for an impact player like a, a tight end or a, a, a secondary player or a defender. Um, so, yeah, I, I would not mind at all if they move back a couple spots and still got alignment. Would I mind, though, if it was alignment at 10 like Jonah Williams? Yeah, I would mind that. But if they trade back, stockpile those picks and let L.A. go to work, I'm all for it. Yeah. But, hey, we're going to know the answer to all these questions in reality in just a couple days' time. In fact, you guys are listening to this podcast, I'm sure most of you, on Tuesday. Zach and I are off Wednesday. Building the Broncos will have a fresh episode for you waiting on Wednesday. And then they're going to also have an episode ready for you Friday. So they're going to do a gut reaction type of podcast, record it Thursday evening, which is the night of the first round. They're going to have that ready for your listening uh, pleasure on Friday. Meanwhile... Thursday evening, Zach and I are going to be cranking out the news on what happens and also the analysis in written form on the website. And then we're going to get together Friday evening to analyze what happened day one, day two of the draft so that you have a fresh Huddle Up podcast waiting for you Saturday morning. So we'll talk to you then. In the meantime, if you want to know what we're thinking, you need to reach out, you want to hear what's going on from Zach and Chad, 
Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Kelberman247 and at Chad and Jensen. Make sure you're a VIP subscriber on the site. You can hit us up anytime on the MHH Insiders Forum. And then just make sure you have milehighhuddle.com bookmarked and you're staying on top of all the news and analysis that we're publishing between now and when we drop a new podcast for you on Saturday. But it's uh, it's here, Zach. I mean, the next time our listeners will hear from us, we'll have we'll know what had happened in the first round. It's wild how fast it comes, doesn't it? Isn't it, Chad? Like, we were just oh, yeah. at the Combine, and, and two months later, it's already here. It never ceases to amaze how fast the offseason flies. And like you mentioned at the top of the show, there is no offseason in the NFL. It's never a day of rest. It's always business. And, hey, we're lucky enough to cover it, you know? Absolutely. It's a blessing. We love it. You guys make that possible for us. So yes, we appreciate you. you. One last reminder, go leave your creative review on iTunes. Help us get to 200. We're going to pick the winner for the Mile High Huddle Hat giveaway. We'll announce that on Saturday. The best review that we like the most is going to get that hat. All right, so take care of business. But in the meantime, we'll see what happens with the Broncos on draft night. It's just a couple of days away. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.